Do you long for deeper intimacy with God? In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches us how to build our relationship with Him. Let's join the Brookwood Care Pastors in this series, When You Pray. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Care Ministries podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us. We are on week four of our series on prayer called When You Pray. And my name is Josh Masters. I'm the associate care pastor here at Brookwood Church, and I'm here with several other fine gentlemen. First, I'm here with Gene, who is our care pastor. Hey, everybody. And I'm also here with Doug, who is our marriage and counseling pastor. Hi there. And without a microphone over there in the corner is Sal. Sal. He's at the helm. He's hey, producing Sal. for us. Hey, Sal. He's, He's waving. waving. Yep. Yes. I'm not He's sure not how, playing the drums right now. Not sure now. if you understand how podcasts work. No one can see you wave, but that's okay. <laughs> Uh, so we have been working our way through Christ's teaching on how to pray in the Sermon on the Mount, and that is found in Matthew 6. So if you've been following along in the previous uh, episodes of this series, we started in verse 5 of chapter 6, and that was sort of leading up to what we call the Lord's Prayer, and we sort of focused on the idea that before you approach God in prayer, you have to remove the I from the circumstance. You have to take the you out of it. Um, and then we moved into the beginning of the prayer, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. And we talked about how to approach God with reverence but relationship. And then we talked about uh, asking God for our needs, and we talked about give us today the food that we need, what some people know as give us our daily bread. And so today we are moving into verse 12, and then we're going to skip 13 because that needs its own week. And then we'll jump down to verses 14 and 15. So verse 12 says, And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. That's the piece that's in the prayer that most people are familiar with. But when Jesus ends the prayer, he goes back and sort of reiterates that point about forgiveness. So skipping down to verse 14, it says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, I will tell you, as we've said many times, we get together and sort of discuss the passages, obviously, before we come in to record the podcast. And this one sort of threw us for a loop a little bit. We spent Mm -hmm. some real time talking about it, didn't we? We did. And it's interesting how where God led us. You know, which he often does when we kind of dig into the word, because uh, when you look at this, it looks like unless you're forgiving other people, God's not forgiving you. And yet we're told that we are saved when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And, you know, uh, John tells us, first John tells us that uh, he's faithful and just to forgive us when we confess our sins. So... It's hard to reconcile that at first glance, but as we dig into it, hopefully today it'll give some context for folks. That's exactly right. And I know that as we started to discuss it, Doug, the first thing that popped into your mind was a parable from the book of Matthew, what some of us call the parable of the unmerciful servant. And you thought that that had some relevant points. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. um, Apparently, Peter um, had had somebody come to him um, 
having committed some sort of a sin. And he said, so Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive my brother? Uh, Seven times? And Jesus said, no, not seven times, 70 times seven. In other words, you got to keep on forgiving. Um, And uh, he began to, like Jesus usually does when there's something that's brought up, uh, he starts with another story. And this story was this uh, parable of the unmerciful servant. And it's found in uh, Matthew 18, uh, starting in verse 21, let's see, going all the way down to verse uh, 35. And in it, he talks about uh, a man who um, had a debt. And I think it was, if I remember correctly, I think it was 10,000 bags of gold that he owed. And he couldn't possibly pay it back. And so he just said, please just have mercy on me. Um, there's no way I'm going to be able to pay this back right now. But if you if you just have mercy on me, I will find some way to to get back to you all that I owe you. Mm-hmm. And the one that he was begging had mercy on him. And immediately, the one that had been forgiven went out and found somebody who owed a whole lot less than he owed. And uh, he was ready to choke him and he was ready to throw that guy in, in prison. And so there was a bunch of other servants who came up and they said, hey, this doesn't make any sense. And so um, basically, uh, Jesus uh, answered by saying this. He said, then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled all of the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in his anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay all, uh, pay back all that he owed. And this is how my heavenly father, this is the part I have circled in my, bot, in my uh, Bible. Um, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So I, as we were talking yesterday, going over this passage, I think the temptation for us is to is to immediately say, okay, so then is our forgiveness dependent upon our forgiving others? Mm. And I think we all kind of, after some discussion and pondering on this, we we came to the conclusion that when we ourselves have experienced, like truly experienced the grace of God, it brings about a fruit within us that makes it difficult for us to then not forgive other people. Mm. Um, So if we are struggling with forgiveness, a really important thing for us to ask is, have we yet experienced forgiveness ourselves? Have we really engaged with the the grace that has been given to Mm. us? And have we grasped what we've been forgiven of? Yes. Right? right. Because I think sometimes we can say, we can justify our own behavior and say, oh, sure, God forgave me, but I'm not as bad as yes. so-and-so over there. Yeah. Right. And so have you truly experienced God's grace and forgiveness? Because that's very different from understanding the concept of God's grace and forgiveness. Yes. Yeah, that's a great, I mean, that's a great point because, again, you know, to use just like a common example – um, you know, if you go on a roller coaster, if you experience a roller coaster, you know the feelings that are associated with it, the highs, the lows. But if someone, if you're familiar with the concept of the ride, 
you could we could be talking about the roller coaster, but in a completely different way. You know, you you might know the the physics of it and how fast it goes and what it looks like, but you haven't experienced it. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's completely different. And I, th- and I think it's the same way here with with um, you know God's grace because it it led it led me to Hebrews and. Um, <clears throat> Actually, within the uh, the NLT, which is the one that we have here on Sundays, uh, it's ca- it's um, the beginning of the section is called um, a call to listen to God. Hmm. So again, the relational piece is there, you know, listening, and it's a call. You know, there's a uh, almost like a um, a commitment to say, "Hey, listen to what God has to say." And and I'm in Hebrews 12, verse 14. And it says, work at living in peace with everyone. We could do a whole podcast. That's another on that. series right yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, because it takes work. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you're not going to be at peace with everybody all the time. You know, so, you know, what Paul's saying is, hey, you're going to have to work at this. And living is ING, which is an ongoing thing. So, hey, work at living in peace with everyone. And work at living a holy life or a set-apart life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. And so that's part of our testimony. Hmm. You know, that other people would see who God is by the way that we interact with Him. And then verse 15 says, look after each other. So now there's a call to community. You know, it's my responsibility to be looking out for you guys. It's your responsibility to look out for me. So that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. So it's exactly what you said before with your reference in Matthew, mm-hmm. uh, with the unmerciful, you know, servant. Is the the grace of God is something that cannot be earned. Mm-hmm. You know, that is something that God bestows upon us. It's a gift. Salvation is a gift. And so when you read this, it says, hey, look after each other so that you don't fail to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, not only corrupting you, but it says corrupting many. Mm-hmm. And so this bitter root, this, it's, he says it's poisonous. You know, I think it's worth saying here that, you know, there may be somebody who's listening to this podcast who's like, but Gene, you don't understand what happened. You right. don't understand what happened to me. You don't understand what someone did to me. You don't understand how my life has been. And that, that may be true. You know, I, I may not know your personal story. Mm-hmm. But here's where we have to say, okay, is, is God's word, does it have authority in our life? Mm-hmm. You know, is that our baseline? Is that what we are living our life on? Okay. I, I call it theology of life. Is this, is this my theology? Is this what I'm going to base my life on? Because if it is, then there's, a, there's almost a warning here to say, hey, look, if you allow that bitterness to get in you, not only is it going to keep you from experiencing God's grace, but other people are going to be impacted by it. Your family, if you're married, your spouse, people who are just watching, who see your life. Now, the great thing about it is if you are there today and you're in a place where you're saying, I, you know, this whole forgiveness thing is beyond me, that's the last thing I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. This says if we look out for one another so that we don't fail to receive the grace. Mm. You know, the grace is available to anyone at any time. 
So even if you're in a in a dark place today or you're in a place where you're saying, you know, the whole idea of forgiveness is really kind of far away, mm-hmm. um, I want to make a distinction here between forgiveness and reconciliation. In that forgiveness, we're called to forgive. I mean, it's like you said, Peter, Jesus basically saying you're supposed to always forgive. Yeah. You know, he gave him that number on purpose, you know, that, hey, that's infinity. And this is saying work at living in peace with everybody. So being prepared to be at peace, you know, to me is very similar to saying, okay, I'm going to forgive. And and notice there's no emotional – if you wait to feel like forgiving someone, it may never happen. Right. Okay. But if you make the decision to say, okay, I'm going to forgive what they did, that doesn't mean that they get away with it. That doesn't mean that what happened didn't hurt you. They're still, yeah. you know – uh, the effects of of someone uh, you know abusing you or someone mistreating you or neglecting you, but when you're forgiving, that's for you. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't have anything to do with the other person. That's for you, so that the bitter root doesn't grow in you. Sets and, you free. Yeah, and you and then you won't miss out on God's grace because the second part of it, which in here and even in the the, the scripture back in in Matthew is then your relationship with God is going to grow more intimate because now that's not in between you and him. <laughs> the second part is reconciliation, and that takes both parties. So I could forgive Josh for something, but if Josh isn't interested in a relationship with me, then reconciliation just won't occur. But I'm willing And so if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I have chosen to forgive someone and the person wants to reconcile – you know, at the end, we always give you the number for the care line to be able to call us and let's let's sit down with you and kind of journey through that because reconciliation is a journey, yeah. you know. And sometimes, you know, and you hear this a lot, it's a cliche, you know, sometimes it's, a, it's someone that's passed away or someone that's no longer in your life. And so reconciliation may not occur, but you still get the benefits of the forgiveness aspect. And forgiving doesn't mean that there's not healthy boundaries right. exactly. or that you don't keep yourself safe right. or, like you said, that there's always restoration. Right. So those things are not always possible. Right. And sometimes if you want restoration, there does have to be accountability mm-hmm. and healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that you don't deal with the circumstances, right. but it means that you let go of what it does to you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting, as Jesus is giving this model for prayer, he says, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. It is first talking about God's forgiveness, so we get that model. And yes, there is a warning, but I think there's also a promise hidden in there, because God doesn't give us tasks that are impossible. Mm -hmm. And there are so many times, and this is true, I'm sure, in marriage counseling, and it's true when we counsel people, but I especially see in Celebrate Recovery where someone comes in wounded and they've Mm -hmm. been harmed and they've been hurt, and we are doing the forgiveness lesson at Celebrate Recovery, and they say, there's no way, there's no way I can ever forgive Mm -hmm. my father, for Mm -hmm. example. It's not possible. It is possible. This says that it's possible because God doesn't give us impossible tasks. And then I see over a year or six months or two Mm. years, it's different for every person, but they learn how to surrender that pain to God. Mm -hmm. They learn to recognize that although they were harmed by the person, that the sin was actually against God. 
It mm. was God's law that was broken. So it's God's right to deal with the person. And then they stand up and give their testimony and mm. say, I've been set free. Mm. God showed me how to forgive this person and they don't have shackles on me anymore. Mm. That's great. That's a great point that that they really sinned against God. And yes, you may have been impacted by it. You know, you you got in the way, so to speak. You know, you were mm-hmm. collateral damage sometimes. But I think, and I knew you were going to speak to this, that's why we can allow God to deal with that person, that he's going to have vengeance on them, not you. Yeah. And that's hard for a lot of people because that's a that's a giving up of control. Yeah. Mm. But then that the trusting of God to to do what he said he's going to do. Mm. Yeah, there's a passage in the Old Testament. This is very interesting. I was telling you guys about this earlier. Um, but in Ephesians, we read about the armor of God and how mm-hmm. God gives us his armor. But there mm. is a passage in the Old Testament where it describes that same set of armor, but God is wearing the armor. And it mentions... In addition to the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness, it mentions the cloak of vengeance that God Mm. is wearing with the armor. But then when we get to Ephesians and he's giving us his armor, Mm. he doesn't give us that piece of the armor. Mm. Vengeance is only his. That's right. Right? And And beyond that, in the Ephesians passage, we always think of, well, we get on the armor so that we can attack. It doesn't say anything about attacking in that passage. It says what? Stand firm. Mm-hmm. Right? So yes. yep. any sin that's been done against you may have harmed you, but it was God's law that was broken. So it's rightfully his to deal with. So just to clarify, it's not a... It's not a different translation. Like if I find a translation that's going to tell me I can attack and that I have the the uh, cloak of vengeance. Not unless no. you're no, not unless you're looking at the yeah, that's, new gene translation. Yes, that's where you a little disappointing because I mean, let's be honest. We want to take revenge. I mean, we want to be the ones sure. that do it. But yeah. I think that's a great that's a great um, point. There is that. If he wanted us to have it, he would have given it to us. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that was left out by mistake. Yeah. 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 I don't I don't think it was a transcription error. I think it is good for us to reiterate that what we're not saying is that what you went through was not um painful right. or was not important. Um it's not justifying what happened to you. Um what we are saying is that God because of his mercy and his grace toward you, you can then have forgiveness. Hmm. Yeah. And and I don't think it's meant to be a you do this because or else. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's the point. Mm-hmm. I think it's about giving us the strength and the power and the compassion to forgive. Like we inherit his compassion and his ability to forgive once we truly recognize what we've been forgiven of. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And so we do want to recognize that that is not easy. Like it's much easier to say into a microphone, you you got to forgive everybody who's hurt you. (laughs) And thanks for tuning in. Make sure you do that by five (laughs) o'clock. But it's a hard process. So I would say the first step is what we had already said is try to really seek God and and see what he's forgiven you of. Accept mm-hmm. his forgiveness, truly accept his forgiveness. But I think the first step 
in forgiving someone else is deciding that you're going to forgive. Because so many times, like we said, you say, well, it's impossible. Now, I think it's okay to say, God, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how you're going to empower me to do it. I can't envision it happening, but I am deciding Mm -hmm. that I am going to forgive this person. And that is a good first step. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, we can walk with you. And so we want to encourage you to call the Care Ministries Department so that we can walk with you and we can help you through this process that is so difficult. Call us using the number at the end of this podcast. But we want to thank you for being with us today. And uh, let's just close in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to be together. And as we look at this issue of approaching you with a desire to give forgiveness or a desire to have a desire for forgiveness, I pray, Lord, that you would encourage us, that you would strengthen us, that you would build us up and that you would put others in our path that can encourage us in our forgiveness, people who will be more interested in our desire to forgive than the details of why we need to forgive. And Lord, I just pray that you would be blessed and that you would be honored. Your name would be glorified through what you do in us and through us. In the name of Christ, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If we can be an encouragement for you as you grow in your prayer life, or if you would just like to connect with us at Brookwood Care Ministries, you can call us at 864-688-8355, or you can visit us at brookwoodchurch.org forward slash care.